Today we're continuing our introduction to the book of Galatians, and what I want you to think about today is the importance of learning to fight well, or how you deal with conflict. Relational conflict is inevitable, and one of the most important things that's going to determine the quality of your life and the quality of your relationships is how you deal with conflict. Cynthia and I joke that we always need to be doing premarital counseling, not for the counselees, but for the counselors, because we constantly need the continual reminder of what it is we actually should be doing in our life together. And one of the things that we focus on is learning how to deal with conflict. And one of our key mantras, key principles, is that in marital conflict, there's no winner or loser. You have to get out of the win-lose mindset. There's only understanding. Because when when husband and wife are in conflict and they're fighting, there is no winner, there is no loser, everyone's losing. Because relational intimacy has been broken, and the goal of the conflict is to understand. And a similar principle applies here to the book of Galatians. What we're entering into is we're entering into a deep, difficult conflict that is filled with fire and fury and frustration. And it's very important for us to enter in so we can understand. This is a very specific conflict, but it's through this specific conflict that Paul is going to unpack the universality of the gospel. And so as we enter into the conflict that was going on in the churches of Galatia, we can then understand, and through our understanding experience, the power and the universality of the gospel. So what's going on in this church? You know, in one sense, you have to remember when you read the book of Galatians, you're only hearing one side of the conversation. And like if you were listening to someone have a phone conversation, you're actually only hearing one side. And depending on how much you know about... So if you hear, let's say you hear... Your wife 
and she's talking to her sister and they're talking about your nephew, Timmy, and you're, oh, oh no, he did that. Oh, and then they did, oh, I knew that. He's, it, a lot depends on how much you know about Timmy, what's going on in his life and where he is in the world and you have to kind of fill in the blanks. So it's really important to understand we're only here in one side of the conversation. So we, the more we can learn about the historical situation and setting of the church, the more we can fill in the blanks. And so it's important to remember that Paul was a church planting missionary, and after he would plant a church in a region, he would leave it, but he would continue to offer it care and pastoral shepherding to those new congregations through his letters. And this letter is a letter to Galatians. There is some debate about what specific area it was sent and at what time. I think it's probably one of the earliest letters that he wrote around early AD 50, maybe even before that. And a couple of things are really helpful that we can pick out as we listen to our half of the conversation is that the letter addresses a social and racial division that's happening in the church. So that's certainly relevant. The first Christians in Jerusalem were all Jewish, but as the gospel spread out from that center, increasing number of Gentiles began to receive Christ, and a group of teachers from Galatia, or maybe from Jerusalem who had gone to Galatia, were now insisting that all of the Gentile Christians practice all the traditional ceremonial customs of the law of Moses, as all the Jewish Christians did. So... All the many of the members of the church would have been of a lar- largely non-Jewish background, and they're being persuaded to adopt the key elements of the Jewish cultural tradition. And the most dramatic one, the, the point of contention. So this conflict is all about circumcision. And you might think, wow, that's kind of personal. That's kind of strange. I mean, why are we talking about that? Can't you? That's not really something we talk about in public, polite company, is it? And then... Of course, you might think, well, that only deals with the men. What does that have to do with the women? Actually, it's a lot more convoluted than that. So you had the group of, some call them the Judaizers, who were pressing on the Gentile converts to adopt all the key elements of their cultural tradition. And in essence, saying you can't be a real Christian unless you take on these cultural behaviors. So they saw no reason why the cross and the resurrection the giving of the Spirit should reduce or relativize the law of Moses. Why should they not adopt these, these marks and the practices of all the children of Abraham? I mean, these are the marks of the covenant community. Jesus was the climax of the Jewish covenant. He's the final chapter in the plan of God to redeem the world. And so that's what they would be saying, and it was compelling. But it's through this specific controversy, that in one sense may seem remote to us, that Paul is going to address an all-important and an ever-abiding truth. And what he's going to teach is that these cultural divisions, this relational disunity in the Galatian churches, were due to a confusion about the very nature of the gospel itself. See, insisting on Christ plus anything else as a requirement for full acceptance by God, which is what these teachers were doing, Paul claims is actually in verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 6, a different gospel than the one they preached in 1.8. And it's this different gospel that was actually creating all of the divisions and all of the strife. And so this conflict really is about the most important reality we could ever experience. It's about what's really at the root of all of the 
social and cultural divisions. See, this conflict is all about how do we live now in the light of the cross and the resurrection and the outpouring of the Spirit. So in this conflict, it's important to understand it. And when we do, we don't want to minimize it. Because for Paul, everything was at stake. And here is one of the most potent and powerful places where he details what the gospel is and what's at stake. What does it mean that now because of the cross, resurrection, the outpouring of the Spirit, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me? Why? Because I've been crucified with Christ. Everything has changed. Everything is different now. And if we're going to learn to live well, we have to learn to deal with this conflict well. We have to learn to see all of light, all of life in the light of the cross and resurrection. And when we do that, then everyone wins. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heaven.